<laughs> That's okay. Hey, everybody. Oh, my God. Um, can you hear us? Yeah? How, do you want us a little louder? Is this, does this, are we too loud? Do you guys like what you hear? Okay. Can we have a round of applause if you like what you hear? <laughs> awesome. So how many people are in Deer Pile for the first time? Oh my gosh, look at that. Me too. Um, <laughs> my name is Kat, and I work with House of Pod. Uh, we're a podcasting co-working space. Um, whoop, whoop, right? Um, production company, and we're also a school. So let's say you're out there and you want to produce your own podcast or you're producing podcasts already and you need a place to come, House of Pod. More on that later. Um, before we get started and I introduce the panelists, I just want to let you know that um, the people who organized Deer Pile were concerned that we were going to have the same turnout as David Chappelle <laughs> based on our numbers and the people in here. So that's Pretty amazing that we are at the same excitement level as David Chappelle. So give yourselves a round of applause because that's pretty awesome. Yeah, go women in podcasting. So today, in honor of International Radio Day, I want to introduce you to our amazing, amazing panel tonight. Um, starting off, we have Barry. Goes by Barry. Dan uh, Danielle Sykes. Am I saying your last name right? Danielle Sykes. Um, she has compiled the world's largest directory of podcasts in color um, and has a really significant social media following, which makes a lot of sense because she also runs social media for a loudspeaker. And she's a Denver native and just launched her podcast, Podcasts in Color. It is a podcast about podcasts, focusing on podcasts in color. Did I say podcast enough? So, yeah, we're, we're really lucky to have Barry here. And then we also have Emily, Emily Aries, who has been the host of Sminty, I cannot say that, Sminty, yes. Stuff Mom Never Told You. It's the Stuff That Stuff podcast franchise, which she has been a co-host of up until the end of the month. Um, and she is debuting the debut of her launching Boss Up the Podcast March 1st here in Denver. Just moved to Denver, internationally acclaimed speaker. You can find her at TED where she talked about burnout and the power of saying no. So welcome, Emily. <laughs> Pretty badass. Um, Claire, fun story, we went to high school together. <laughs> yep, uh, she is one of the founders of Girls Gone Wad. Just quit her job to go into podcasting full time. She was doing marketing before. Yeah. Girls Gone Wad has gone wad. <laughs> Girls Gone Wad has gone wad. She's also a mom of a two-year-old and wakes up in the morning to barf. One time. One time. Just today. <laughs> Just today. She lives in Longmont. <laughs> Welcome, Claire. <laughs> awesome. And then we have Claire's uh, podcast, Work Wife Joy. Um, and Joy has won multiple Emmys. She works with Kaiser. She works in therapy. And some cool things about Joy, other than that she is like a fitness fab woman. I just envy your legs. Um, <laughs> another story. Uh, she works on a team, a, a therapy dog team with her lab. I also envy that. So welcome, Joy. 
And for folks who are just coming in, find a spot, feel free to sit on the floor. Please just make yourself comfortable. And guys, for the temperature, or I should say people for the temperature, uh, we can open more windows or whatever we need to do. Just make yourselves comfortable and uh, we will get started. Okay, so this is for all of you. Um, and we'll just pass mics down as we need to. Describe your podcast or the podcast project you're launching. And who is it for? Okay, well, my podcast, it's, well, everything I have is podcasts and colors. So I just made it podcast and color, the podcast. And it's a podcast about PLC podcasts. And I'll be talking about all types of things. And my thing is always... I've looked at things from the listener side, so I'm talking to podcast listeners. I just want to kind of know the podcast they want to share or episodes they're like, this is what I would talk about. You know, somebody else would talk about podcasts with me. So that's my podcast. So I feel like it's for podcast listeners. I just want to hear the excitement of when other people are talking about things they like, and it happens to be podcasts. Awesome. Tuning in for that. Um, so I'm sort of straddling two podcast worlds right now, which is wild. And to tell you a little bit, sneak peek style, about Bossed Up, the podcast, launching March 1st. Essentially, like my company, Bossed Up, which some of you have little manifestos that we created in the audience tonight, or you can grab one on your way out the door. Uh, it's really for women who are navigating career transition. Maybe you're looking for a promotion, a raise, a career change, feeling stuck, feeling burnt out, as I have in the past myself, or considering striking out on your own. Whatever your career fork in the road is that you're figuring out, I hope the, pod, the podcast I'm creating can help you make some boss moves. So basically, in a world that's not quite sure it even likes women who are bossy, we are being unabashed about our ambition and our desire, our uncompromising desire to craft a sustainable career path and not really sacrifice our well-being along the way. So I'm excited to share that we'll be opening with a little bit of a story for every episode as to why I'm tackling a certain topic, then featuring a listener question. You can ask questions now of my podcast to get us up to speed. And I'll be interviewing an expert guest every single episode who's going to co-answer your listener question with me. So giving career advice from a few different perspectives and shining a spotlight on the boss moves being made by the women in our community of courage. So there's so much happening at Bossed Up. I started the company five years ago that the podcast is really an extension of the research-driven, practical, tactical career advice that I love compiling. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, so we started Girls Gone Wild podcast about almost six years ago um, as a, an answer to not having a female voice in the CrossFit podcast space. And since then, it's evolved really into being more of like a health and wellness podcast. Um, you don't have to be a CrossFitter to listen to us. Most of our listeners actually are not CrossFitters. Um, and uh, we always tell the story that uh, Joy, Joy and I didn't know each other really before we started the podcast. And must have known each other well enough that for some reason Joy had my number and texted me one day and said, hey, do you listen to podcasts? And I said, no. And she said, I listen to Car Talk. <laughs> that totally counts. And I thought she was going to like recommend one to me. And I said, why do you ask? And she's like, oh, I think we should start one. And at the time, we were both bloggers and just had kind of your average fitness blogs. Um, yeah. As everyone had. Raise your hand if you did not have a fitness blog. Like, come on. And, <laughs> or 
didn't at least think about starting one. Um, yeah, so since then, we um, have remained the one of the only female-hosted podcasts in that functional fitness space and definitely in the CrossFit space and um, are, de are definitely the longest-running female podcasts. They tend to pop up and then go away. So we've recorded... Um, 241. 241 episodes this month this week will be our 241st episode and uh yeah we're pretty proud of that so um up until very very recently this was just a side passion project for us um i recently quit my job for a multitude of reasons and <laughs> and i'm excited to be focusing uh, more on the podcast and joy still uh, has her her full-time job as a um in mental health and so just combining all of our our passions and joy's knack for pulling fun facts out of people through her, <laughs> her therapy background. And um, yeah, it's a good time. Awesome. awesome, thank you. I also just want everyone to look around and see that we are the new David Chappelle. We have people on the floor, <laughs> it's official. So good sit, job, keep coming. Yeah. Really, you guys can it's sit. not weird. Yeah, it's not weird at all. At all, please don't stand, we're yeah. gonna talk. And it makes we us We do not need all of this feel space. Great. No, yeah, to have you here with us. So please come, please come up. <laughs> Pillows, <laughs> where those are. Great. Okay. Well, as you make yourselves comfortable, Joy, tell us. Oh. If you feel anything that. Oh no, has she not covered it perfectly. Covered it okay. I'm ready to move on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, so I'm going to start this next question with a short story. Um, since I've started House of Pod, I have torn three pairs of pants in the butt um, because I think I don't have a fitness block uh, <laughs> thing one and it's thing two it's challenging work it's it's really hard um, so given that that is my big struggle <laughs> fitting my pants um, what is the hardest part about starting for you two uh, Barry and Emily who are just kicking off your own projects right now I'm sorry, I was just texting Brad the Boo this address. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> Emily! I'm sorry. <clears throat> so that was Emily's, terrible multitasking. Emily's struggle. <laughs> What's the struggle with starting the podcast? <laughs> Got it. Thank you for the hint. Honestly, it's been courage, right? It's so weird to strike out on your own. I've had the like princess edition of the entrance into the podcasting world. Who here listened to Stuff Mom Never Told You before I took over? with Bridget. Yeah, it's an amazing podcast. It's been running for eight years. Kristen and Caroline were the, uh, Kristen was the original creator and co-host. I got the phone call from the network saying, would you like this podcast with a few million listeners every month? And I was like, absolutely. Uh, there was an F-bomb in there, but I cleaned it up for today. And so, of course, I took the job. And who gets that? Nobody gets that call. That was a bizarre way to get into podcasting. Bridget is my bestie from DC, from back in the day when I worked in politics. Uh, and she was the first person I knew needed to be on this podcast with me. And for a variety of reasons, I'm leaving the show, primarily very boring corporate network reasons. Um, and yet, despite having recorded a bunch of episodes thus far, striking out on your own to create your own uh, expectation right, to tell listeners, I will come out with the podcast every single week for as long as I can and maybe forever is just daunting. Um, and it's daunting in a lot of 
boring practical reasons like how much money will this cost to produce and who will help me produce it and I'm not given this silver platter experience anymore so I have to really muscle my way through the independent creator life which so many people here have already been doing for a while. So there was the practical stuff but really it was the courage to say I can do this and I'm not afraid to do it alone. Um, and I'm not recommending that route necessarily, the alone part, because what I came to realize, thanks to Kat and a lot of other incredible women in podcasting here, is that none of us are alone. If you care about creating something new, there are lots of people in your circle who want to make it happen and want to help. And sometimes that means knocking down doors and sending emails saying, I'm daring to do this thing. I'm not sure how yet, but I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, and, you know, Kat, you really helped light the fire in me and also remind me that um, we create our best work when we are pushed to our growth edge. If you're not a little scared to do it, it's probably not a growth opportunity. Um, for me, I didn't want to start a podcast for a long time because I knew it was a lot of work and I know I'm lazy in a lot of ways and so it was like, could I do it and not do it how I would want to see it? It's like I wouldn't want to do it and then it, there'd be no episode notes and then people keep asking me the same question for like one thing when if I just did episode notes, they'd have a link to it. Like it's just little things that I just knew I would have to put more effort in and so it took me a long time to want to take the time to do a podcast because I knew how much weight was like behind it and because of some of the people I knew and then the company that I work for and just other things that I've done that people be looking like, well, you know them or you've done that, like, shouldn't you be knowing this or something like that? So it's just like the weight of, I don't know everything. I just kind of meet people randomly because I don't mind having a conversation about podcasts. And so those people just happen to be important people sometimes. And so I felt like it was more just doing it. And then I know I'm gonna do seasons, how she said like, I can't do the whole nonstop throughout the year. I'm every other week, and even then I'm gonna do that, and then I'll take a month off and then come back. Like, I don't want it to be long amounts of time, but I believe in seasons and taking breaks and like knowing that's coming at some point. You guys are, I should <clears throat> disclose my bias here and that uh, the first time I met Barry, I couldn't believe that she existed in Denver. She just was so cool and so knowledgeable about podcasts and podcasting and social media. And I started following her on social and the way that she would just go after like, ma like massive institutions for not having episode notes. I was like, yes, this is, I have the hugest crush on this person. And then Emily was a similar story. I saw her speak at Work It and um, I just was, I was so stunned by what she said. And then she like whispered to me, I'm moving to Denver. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, no way. So I'm really inspired by these women and I'm really glad that, um, I, that you get to, to hear them talk about what they're going through as they're starting because I think they're gonna, they're gonna do amazing things. And um, yeah, I, God, I'm like, I'm gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. Um, but I feel, I feel really lucky um, to, to, to see you guys right now in this space because it's like watching your, your heroes um, in real time. So speaking of heroes, um, Claire and Joy, you guys have passed the 250 mark and uh, done this thing in a really amazing way. So what are you still excited about moving forward? Like what, what keeps you going? I'm gonna let Joy answer this, but I just wanna say we don't do episode notes, so sorry about that. 
the truth comes out. I know, she said that, and I was just like, what? <laughs> Don't look at our shows, then. Um, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> I see a, I see um, a trend. <laughs> honestly, I, I love so much, and I'll say it over and over again, is the community that we've, that we've built through doing this. Um, and I get so excited to see what else comes our way as far as meeting people. We've just kind of expanded um, the opportunities that we have to meet really cool people that influence CrossFit and the fitness community. Um, and every single time we have somewhat of a doubt to say, is this something we should keep doing? We'll get an email from someone that says, just don't stop doing what you're doing. Um, so we go through those moments where we're questioning this whole project that we <laughs> took on six years ago. No idea that we were gonna do it for this long. And I think just seeing what we accomplished in those six years really motivates me now that we have that steam um, and that time under our belt and that experience, which I really feel like not a lot of women in our, in our position have that, um, to see how that is gonna launch us for the next six years. And the thing that I always say is like, if we, if you had told us six years ago that you're gonna do this every week for the next six years, we would have been like, hell no, I'm not doing that. I'm not signing on for that. I think listening to you guys describe what you're worried about, it makes me realize like, we just went into this completely blind. blind. <laughs> <laughs> like no expectations about it. And it was because of that, it's been so great. And it, we continue to say like, the day that it's not fun is the day we're gonna stop doing it. But, which is so cliche, but it's really allowed us to turn down some opportunities that maybe would have you know brought us to the next echelon of like being a professional podcast but just didn't feel right and so i'm excited about just being able to keep doing that and being really um just on our own path of like we do this for ourselves and that's what makes it fun and we aren't really particularly worried about whether or not we have show notes or whether or not you know we have a big sponsor or if we can make this into our careers or whatever and it's like it's happening and we'll just kind of keep going till it does Awesome, wonderful. Okay, so this next question is for all of you. And something I find interesting, Jerry Seinfeld, I think, once made a whole stand-up about how people would rather be dead at their funeral than speaking at it. Um, and here we are in the podcasting medium in which you're talking to audiences of so many people, you sometimes don't even know how many listeners. So for all of you, what so far has been the most embarrassing thing you've ever said on a mic? <laughs> Like, I just want to take that back, but I can't. Or um, maybe you edited it out or you forgot to. <laughs> I, I can go real quick. Um, there, there was a moment where things just got so busy and we had recorded this episode with an interview um, with a pretty popular, well-known athlete. And at the end, we just kind of shot the shit for like five minutes and I forgot to edit that part out. And it wasn't horrible, but it also wasn't like great to keep that in there. And I mean, I just, normally I'm like start to finish, I'm the one who edits and so I listen to every single thing and I just, for whatever reason, I assumed that I had had it all done. And it was just like this awkward like end conversation that you could really tell that it was not supposed to be there. And one of our dedicated listeners that lives on the other side of the earth that listens like when we're all sleeping, emailed me, she's like, I don't think this is supposed to be in there. And I woke up and I was just like, oh no, and I'd like take it down, but then everyone's already downloaded it, so they already had it, and so it lives out there, and I feel kind of bad, but I had to go back, and all day I was just sweating it, cut it out, and I was just like, Claire, take it down. I think, was I in Hawaii that time? I don't think yeah, that, you were on vacation. anyway, yeah, it was, which was even worse, because I was just like, I need to get to a computer right now. Yeah, it was pretty bad. 
one time I posted an episode and put the wrong name for the girl who was on it. <laughs> it was Lisa, and I called her Amy. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, we're so we are so excited to have this episode with Amy. No, her name was Lisa. It's your friend, Lisa. Yeah, it was like a good friend of Joy's also. And I was like, her name is Amy. We just loved having Amy. It was a great conversation. And then Joy was like, her name is Lisa. Like later in the day, after I posted everything out in the world, calling her Amy, and she was really cool about it. <laughs> but yeah, that happened. Like, I'm Amy, but I Oops. also go by Lisa. <laughs> and by Amy, I mean Lisa, yeah. Those aren't really, I mean, those are like more logistical errors. Yeah. But. I mean, there definitely are times, there definitely are times where like we, we, on our show, we tend to just talk about real life. And sometimes I feel like I overshare. Um, and so the next day I'll text Claire and I'll definitely be like, I have a vulnerability hangover. Why did I say that? Everyone heard that. I just, I just play pretend that no one listens. Yeah. And that's how I get through it. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything that's truly embarrassing. I know that there was in New York, New York one time I was, we were out drinking with friends and they were like, yeah, let's go back and record, you know, my podcast. And so it was like, that was two hours of like, just things that I'm like, I don't think I would have ever said if it hadn't been like, we've been at happy hour and then drinking and then you're gonna go record for a couple of hours just talking about whatever. So I think those kind of things I don't do anymore. Like then I'm like, no, let's not record this, you know? <laughs> so. I think my podcast would be better if I drank before it, quite frankly. We did drink once on a women and whiskey episode, and I am such a lightweight that I was hammered with half a sip of whiskey. Um, for me, I am a bit of a perfectionist. A couple things you need to know about this story. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I work in the feminist space on the internet, which as you know, or probably know, is not always the friendliest space. Uh, it's like putting a big target on your back, quite frankly. There are people who pride themselves on doing nothing but yelling at feminists on the internet. Uh, and I call myself a facts-based feminist. I'm not afraid to push back on the, on the narrative, on the mainstream feminist narrative sometimes. Um, and How Stuff Works, the network I'm on, is about research-driven episodes. Bossed Up, my company, is about research-driven career advice, because there's a lot of bad career advice out there, too. So it's important that we get our facts straight, and I am a little uptight about that sometimes. And one time, this is such a small mistake, yet it still makes me like cringe and sweat just thinking about it. You were talking about Title IX, uh, and I called it Title IX of the Constitution. <laughs> not at all accurate. Um, it's not a, it's an act. Anyway, so it's a legal term that I got super wrong and I'm still waking up to this day getting emails about it. And that's the flip side of getting handed a big awesome audience that loves its facts is I still wake up. It's, if this happened six months ago and I get hate on Twitter, and actually emails to tell me how wrong I am and how dare they put me on a podcast because I'm so clearly stupid and incompetent. So there's an element to this where you've got to have a sip of whiskey and like tell the internet to go fuck off every now and then, right? Like, no thank you, Twitterati. But there's also my very perfectionistic type A overachiever side, which is like, I failed at the one thing that they're paying me to do. And now no one's paying me, so I can do whatever I want, right? <laughs> That's how that works. Freedom. Yeah. 
to not pay for things. Yes. <laughs> or pay for everything. Everything. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so this brings up a question that I recognize on so many, like if this was a panel of all white dudes, this would not be a question. And so, this is a question. Imposter syndrome. There's so many of us that feel that way, I can assume, because I went to an all-women's college and I know how this thing works, um, that we feel. And I don't know if our male counterparts or you know, the whole spectrum of LGBTQ+, I mean, everybody I think does, but women I might be a little bit more um, vocal about it or not vocal. I mean, we're really treading some interesting things, especially around that whole last question about what we regret saying into a mic, I'm feeling there. Um, so how do you guys deal with imposter syndrome? And is that something you feel? Um, I listen to podcasts on this all the time because I have felt it uh, like a lot in the things that I do. It reminds me, I'm not sure if you guys are in the She Podcast group on Facebook, but if you're not, good podcast group. Um, there was a conversation the other day and there was like an article somebody put up and basically everybody started raging against the articles and they're like, this dude is just like marketing, he's just stupid and he markets podcasts stupidly and like they were like, and the people that you should be looking at, it was like, you know, women, but uh, they were like the women that are in podcast marketing and she named me and a few other people she was just like they aren't yelling like this person is they aren't like doing as much as he is to like do the stuff he does so people just figure he's more successful and knows more when these are the people you should really be listening to but they aren't doing all that he's doing so i think it just it's hard and it's like something i see a lot and i really do try to just keep going like there's even people that i deal with um and i was asking somebody to be on my show and they were like well and i was like I mean, I know what you do. <laughs> they were like, well, and I'm like, but this is, this is what you do. So it's like talking somebody up, and I'm like, I think everybody else is more confident than me when it's really more like just the voice inside. So usually I listen to different podcasts that will help me through that and tell me like to get out of my head, and you know, it helps me keep going. So maybe not the answer you're looking for, but I have decided a few years ago, really when I started my company, that I would much rather live my life risking being seen as an overconfident asshole than missing out on opportunities, which I think is the line you tread, right? Because I have decided to not let the imposter syndrome really hold me back as much as I can. I know I just said I was afraid to start my own podcast. I'll explain. Basically, I try to live my life with a unpleasant, sometimes definitely unfeminine air of entitlement. And I know entitlement has gotten a bad rap from us millennials, um, but I have found that if you are willing to be audacious about what you think you are worthy of, then audaciously badass, fierce things will come your way. And I learned that really the hard way when I spent a long part of my life living for caring for other people exclusively. So I was uh, fresh out of college. I've been given a huge opportunity to be the youngest state director in the nation for President Obama's healthcare efforts and campaign. And so every day I woke up feeling like I needed to martyr myself for my job and for my country and for my president and hope and change was what we were supposed to deliver on. So that was kind of a tall order. And so I'd sp I spent seven days a week, Blackberry and iPhone in hand before my feet touched the ground every morning. 
And I poured myself into that work, into all of my volunteers. And at the same time, I was also living with my boyfriend at the time who struggles with alcoholism. And millions of people do. I don't know if anyone here's lives have ever been touched by alcoholism or addiction, but it's really hard to get up every day and see the person you love slowly killing themselves. And so for me, I spent a long part of my life thinking, what can I do to be a better girlfriend? What can I do to be a better caretaker? How can I feel responsible for this person's well-being and for my job and for the country, right? And I thought of myself as somehow responsible for all of these people doing well, and I wasn't. It was such a fallacy. Pouring yourself into other people endlessly is a losing proposition in a lot of ways because I ended up burnt out. I ended up wanting to quit it all, and I had the most ambition as one could have when leaving college. So three years out, I decided, A, I need to put my oxygen mask on first so that I can take care of, of what I want to take care of around me, and B, if I don't believe that I'm worthy of more in my life, worthy of work-life balance, worthy of good opportunities to have a bigger impact in a sustainable way, and yeah, worthy of someone who could be an equal partner in my life. If I don't believe that, I'm not gonna act that way and I'm not gonna get that. So that was the beginning of me changing my whole sense of entitlement, dare I say. And I like to live my life as, you know, with the air of the average super confident white dude. <laughs> um, and it does some powerful shit, right? It's like some pretty amazing things have happened. Does everybody like me? No. Not all the time. Um, and that's the risk I'll bet on for the rest of my life. I'm fine with that because the opportunities that have come my way are in direct proportion of my sense of worthiness of those opportunities. Yeah. yeah. I don't really feel like I want to go after that. <laughs> um, for me, I, I agree a little, like, a little bit with that, that one of the easiest ways to get over imposter syndrome is just to imagine that you're a straight white Christian male. <laughs> and just live your life that way. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I think that, in, I mean, realistically, like I do sometimes think like, especially being in the fitness space, I have a lot of imposter syndrome around, like I am a fitness influencer who is so not fit. <laughs> like I am not fit. <laughs> I cannot run a mile probably without stopping. I can't do a pull-up. Like, all of these things that you would say, like, that, you know, I don't, it's far from having a six-pack. I rarely even shave my legs. Like, I'm very, very far away. The only thing I do that all fitness influencers do is wear a sports bra every day. <laughs> and I have one right now. <laughs> and the, and so I deal with that more so in, sort of in terms of, like, my imposter syndrome is, like, who am I to give fitness or nutrition advice or to tell people um, encourage them to have a healthy lifestyle or encourage them to have a, um, a, a mindset or, you know, kind of live in that culture when you would never look at me at, at any point in my life would you have ever looked at me and said, that girl is an athlete. And so that's kind of the, the story that I have to overcome. But I do it in a large part, not just by kind of like the entitled white guy thing, like that's, a, I mean, it, it is and it isn't a reality. But I think that I look at other people in our space and think, that person is just going for it and they are way less qualified than I am. And so if they can just go for it and everyone is like loving it, then like maybe it's okay for me to step out of this box a little bit more too and like to be a little bit more confident and also to say like, 
I mean, Joy mentioned our community earlier. Like we have been so lucky to have this unbelievable group of listeners who know us and trust us and know that they shouldn't take everything that we tell them at face value. And so, you know, if we make a suggestion or if we say something, I can trust that my, our listeners are going to say, well, that doesn't make any sense for me, but that's okay. And I'm just going to move on with my life and not like dwell on that. So I think it's a combination of trust in our audience and then also just kind of living with it <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, trying to use other people's examples to motivate myself. Um, can my answer just be turning 40? Kind of <laughs> <laughs> solved all that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, truly, I think age um, has really helped me with that. But I also feel like I have a little bit of a different take on imposter syndrome. I feel like who hasn't started something and felt like, what the hell am I doing? Um, so I feel like on some level, we're all going to experience that together. And so I think knowing that collectively makes me feel less alone and makes me feel like, well, I'm not the only one feeling this. Um, starting anything new is scary and is risky. Um, and I can say, who am I to fill in the blank? Um, but I like to think of the who am I not to speech, speech, speech. Um, so <laughs> I will just leave it at that. Awesome. Wonderful. You guys are amazing. And I'm so glad I'm recording this because I am going to listen to this at the end of my day with my torn pants when I am sad. So thank you. <laughs> Um, so my next question is uh, for Claire and Joy specifically. Uh, when I first started becoming the fangirl of podcasts that I am now, I envied, and I'm, I'm, you may not prefer this terminology, but this is what I call it, work wives. I want a work wife so badly who I can just lean on when my podcast sucks. And I'm curious, what are the keys to having a healthy relationship <laughs> the way that you guys have managed to do it, or at least outfacingly appear to. <laughs> we have, I always say this, like, I do not know how, I feel like there was a podcast god that was just like, these two need to podcast together. They don't even know each other. I don't know how they're going to ever get to know each other, but we're going to put them together and they're going to make a podcast. I feel like that is how random this happened. Um, we didn't know each other beforehand. And so I think our relationship really blossomed as we were doing, blossomed. Um, doing the podcast. <laughs> um, and over time, you just kind of, it's just, I don't know how else to explain it other than we got to know each other so well throughout the podcast. And then you also have to learn how to work together. But because our mission this entire time has been just to have fun, um, there's certainly business things that come up that are annoying. And I'm sure I annoy her and she annoys me and whatever. But that's just, that's a relationship. Um, and not once have we ever been petty or catty or whatever. Um, but I think you just have to know at the end of the day that you both really want this more than anything. We definitely don't take for granted the, I don't even know what you would call it, life podcast life partner, I think is what you referred to me as the other day. Um, <laughs> this that we have and like, the other day something was going on where we were just I posted something on Instagram and people were messaging us and they were being annoying and catty and like and I was like texting joy about it and I was like oh this just sucks like why are people like this and then my next text was like and how do people deal with this who are on their own like yeah. if it's just them and they have to just absorb all this negativity and they don't have someone else who they who like is in there with them to be like no you're fine what you did is not like the worst thing any human could do the way that this person is making you feel 
And it just is such a great reality check. And in all senses of the word, like a reality check of like, Joy will be nervous about interviewing someone and I'll be like, they're just another human. Or like all freak. Bob Harper was a big deal. Okay, Bob Harper is like the one guy you were allowed to be nervous about. But you get nervous about other people. But I mean like, you know, anything, anything like that, like she reality checks me where I'm like, let's do a podcast retreat. And I already booked the venue. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so it's, <laughs> the balance is just like, like Joy said, like, I don't know. Um, I could not have picked someone to balance me as well. And I think if we had been friends first, it also would have been tough because it would have been like, we're trying to, we have this established friendship that we're trying to like build on and we are worried about. But since it's all always been about the podcast, um, like, I mean, at this point, if the podcast stopped, we would still be friends, obviously. But, um, <laughs> but like, I just think it because it's just always been there. Like it's always the podcast has always been sort of like the third person in our friendship. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing to say now that I just yeah said that. no. It's like you started this thing with a baby and then you worked backwards. Yes. And it also makes me think that we all just need like a podcast dating show yeah. where we <laughs> we throw together multiple people. <laughs> and you can be like, and the first question can be like, how long does it take you to get back to emails? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm pretty quick. Great. You can be my podcast partner. Yeah. <laughs> I will never reply to them. You, you two can find If you ever that. email us, Joy is the one who will email you back. <laughs> okay. So this next question I have for all of you. Um, and what is the, I, oh gosh, is it the number one thing or just a thing? Okay. What is the number one thing or just a thing, if you can't rank it, that most people get wrong about you or what you do in this world? Do do, do, what, Barry? Emily? Me? What? No, not grabbing it. All right. um, I'll go. So call me crazy. How many people here are creating podcasts right now or are thinking about it? Raise and tall and proud, y'all. All right. Yeah, That's like, lo- almost, like a third, yeah. a third of the group here. How many people here, I'm assuming almost all of you, listen to podcasts on the regular? Okay. Now keep your hand up if you regularly tweet at or Instagram at or message or email your podcast heroes or heroines. Okay, cool. So that is an interesting thing, right? A very tiny percentage of listeners, maybe they enjoy your show, but you hear from like one to 2% of them. And that one to 2%, like all podcast listeners, we feel like we have a really intimate relationship with our podcast heroes, right? I feel the same way about the people I listen to. Super intimate medium. And there's something about the intimacy of being in someone else's earbuds that can sometimes create this weird sense of entitlement, I'm going to use it again in a different way here, Um, in that I think there's this idea that we all have unlimited amounts of time to produce show notes, for instance, or to get back to every email or whatever it is, like however you decide to run your business or run your podcast, if it's a creative endeavor or a for-profit endeavor, whatever. I think one of the challenges, and if you're creating or thinking about creating, get ready because this is coming at you, is the differing standards of perfection that we all have for ourselves that can be paralyzing. I definitely have struggled with um, moving quickly because I want to get everything right. Having very hard deadlines helps um, versus wanting to do everything to everyone else's standards. 
So, I mean, there are going to be people who, I, I always try to screen cap it whenever it happens two tweets in a row. There's the, I loved this episode right next to, this episode is so bad I'm unsubscribing, you know? And I thought I could listen to you, I can't anymore. The, the binary opinions that you get per episode are radical. So I think this idea that you can please everyone is a total fallacy. And the idea from a listener perspective that the podcast hero you love is always going to make you super happy is a crazy one, right? So I think there's this weird um, expectation that people don't always, um, I don't know, that, that's sort of a fallacy of what we do. Like, we're not, I'm not creating to make everybody happy. I'm creating to put something out there in the world that hasn't been done before, or hasn't been covered in the way I want to cover it, or hasn't been explored in the way I want to explore it, or to answer an actual question. Um, if, you know, I don't ever expect that everybody's going to like the way I do that. Um, easier said than done. In real time, getting those tweets hurts. But um, yeah, I think that that's one of the fallacies of this biz. Um, I would say I give advice on social media a lot, but I guess more it started from the listener's perspective. Like I'd be listening to something, people would start asking me questions. But I guess it's more like that all the advice I give is for every podcast when there are thousands of podcasts. And usually I'll try to say something like if I'm talking about still processing and something the New York Times does, like that's not something I expect the everyday person to go try to code and figure out how to do. But I'm saying you can kind of use that as an inspiration. Like if they're doing something like that, what could you do that's, you know, kind of like that? Or does your website offer a thing where maybe you can put a plug in that'll let you do something like that? So it's kind of more exploring things like that. So where I come from is um, how I got into having my directory is I'm the fan of the read and I want other people to find podcasts and I talk about podcasts on social media and I want to find other people that talked about podcasts on Twitter. So everything I do is more based in engagement. So like when I'm asking for social media, it's because like I'll be listening to a podcast and I'm always walking and like somebody will say their Instagram or they'll be talking about something. I'm like, oh, I want to go to that. And then like five minutes later, it's like I saw a shiny object and I didn't go to it and then I kind of wish I did and I'm like but if that was like in the episode notes I could just go back you know at the end of the night when I'm in my bed and go back and click and scroll through the Instagram or scroll through that podcast thing or anything like that so it's the little things where I'm like oh yeah there's tickets gonna be on sale I can just go look at their thing I don't have to go listen to the podcast or try to figure out what the exact moment they said you know that place or you know X is gonna be so it's more about information and to me I'm more about engagement so like a lot of people do things like the other day I was talking about um, a text thing in podcasts and so people keep asking me about it and I'm like it's because I think about it all the time I'm like why wouldn't you? you hear it on the radio all the time like text this number and then you'll get some information back on your phone and why wouldn't a podcast do that and so the New York Times has that on their site radio public a podcast app has that now and I'm like it's something I've kind of just like say a little bit and I'm like, but different people are gonna explore different ways because you know people are listening on mobile, duh. And it's gonna be like, okay, how do I get directly to their phone? And how do I just say, and you know, iPhone people maybe text this or if your friend has an Android phone and you wanna figure it out, just text this and they'll send you know the right thing. But I'm like, it's just more the idea of things. So where I come from is, everything can be better and what is the idea that can spark other things to maybe be more creative and how can we do this better and engage more people online so I think people just think it's for everything but I'm like there can be different levels for different things so it's just kind of looking at that and saying how can I apply or help people with that I'm just I'm gonna plug you Barry um, follow Barry on Twitter if you're ever interested in starting a podcast because she shares this kind of information regularly and just like you're an open source for 
best ways to be discovered and learn what's happening. Like, I, I think you're amazing. Uh, okay, so one of the top things I should just say that people get wrong about me, my whole family thinks that I uh, work in audiobooks, and they still <laughs> don't know the difference. And I've had existential crises trying to explain the difference between an audiobook then a podcast, so if anyone has a good answer, please find me after this panel. I ask that every week on my podcast now. Um, every guest, I ask them what is a podcast just to see how like they'll describe it, just because I like to hear what other people might like say. If somebody asks you what is a podcast, how do you share a podcast? So I'm just trying to give language to it because every time somebody asks me, it's been years, and I'm still like, I, I, well, I, you know, it's so, uh, just kind of hear what other people. I love hearing what other people have to say because it's always something like really deep. Like I've got to try to get you with these like three sentences before I lose you type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the issue is real. Okay, so this is for all of you, and then let me just do a quick time check as I say this. Okay, yeah, we're doing, we're kicking butt. Um, what is your favorite thing and least favorite thing about podcasting? My favorite thing is the information shared and like how close I get to feel to people that I mean, are so far away from me, and it can feel like an intimate conversation sometimes where I feel like, oh, wow, I don't know that person, but it really feels like I know that person now. Like, we could have a conversation, and I love that a lot of podcasters and make sure every once in a while to say, just so you know, hundreds of thousands of people do listen to this podcast and feel the same way you do, <laughs> you know? Like, so it's not just one person waiting to say, let's go to lunch if I come to town or something. Like, it's hundreds of people that will be like, oh no, we're gonna do this. <laughs> I love like that you get the intimacy, but like, you know, that. I would say the thing I hate is sometimes like waiting for a podcast, and that's just as a listener. <laughs> like, you know they're gonna talk about something or like something happened or like, you know, something exciting. You're like, oh my gosh, it dropped something. Thursday and I can't wait because you know they're gonna talk about you know X or something like that so it's kind of just like that anticipation of like it's coming and I hope it comes early I wonder what time they're gonna finally put it up like you know those type of things my favorite part is when you get an email um, commenting on like the most random story that you told that you thought meant nothing and someone will be like I I related to that so deeply. And you're like, what did I say? Um, so just relating to people in a way where you're like, it really truly matters. You know, if you're thinking of doing a show or a podcast, create content because someone will connect to it and you don't, e you, you don't even realize how um, true that is. Um, when you think you're saying just, you're just spouting off and you're not making sense and no one's gonna relate to this, I guarantee you someone will. Um, and then the least fair part, I'd say, would just be all the editing. It's just, I mean, because I'm the editing department. Um, and it's, I mean, I'm not great at it, but I make it happen. And so, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I think my favorite part is that same thing where, like, we'll, it inevitably it happens every time where we will have an episode where we're like, oh, that's a real stinker. And we'll get like 10 emails like, this that is the, the best, best episode. episode. <laughs> I love, like, I just, you know, amazing. And we're like, okay. Um, and the thing that drives me crazy is when people ask the same questions time and time and time again. And for us, it, the question is, what do you eat before you work out really early in the morning? <laughs> like literally once a week, someone will email us on this question. I'm like, we have talked about this so many times. <laughs> and just those little things though, they irritate me. <laughs> I'm like, just listen to like the first 100 episodes. 
We talk about it all the time. Claire, is there anything else you want to tell us that really bothers you? Ah, go on those little things. It, I also will say, actually, that it bothers me sometimes how much I feel like I need to be on social media. <laughs> because like it would be nice media. to be able to delete Facebook from my phone or delete Instagram from my phone. You can do that. I would love to have a professional photographer just follow yeah. me around all day. <laughs> what do I post Rip on Instagram? It. I don't even know. Like if I have to post a picture of like myself holding a cup Wrong. again, yes. we, we gotta talk. Please come to We're my house. We're gonna talk about the gram. Please. Oh. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll gram it up. Emily, are you I gonna are you gonna be Claire's professional photographer? No, but I'll, I'll show you the person I hired to be mine. If so. you want, you're sitting on a cash Dad cow. If you want to build a business for just following people around and being their assistant to Seriously. take care of their Instagram, because job. that is the bane of my existence. You have like a subscription service. Yes. I, this I have the woman for you. She's amazing yeah. and she's local. Deal. Okay. okay. Come talk to me about the gram. Um. <laughs> My favorite part of podcasting is the renaissance of storytelling that is happening right now. I'm a bit of an, a nerd. I like to read a lot, but reading and writing are so vastly different than the vocal storytelling art that is having such a huge renaissance. It's almost like a folk art that's coming back, except instead of around the campfire, we're crafting these incredible um, narrative arcs on the radio. Like, not to completely geek out on you, but let's geek out about it. What makes for great podcasting, in my opinion, are those stories. And it's not just the facts. It's not just the... Your answers are so deep. Oh, well, I... I <laughs> listen to my podcast. You should subscribe. There's more where this comes from. But it's true, right? Like, I love a good storytelling. And the art of storytelling is fucking hard. It's not just about like rattling off the A's to the Q's. It's really about crafting a beautiful story um, and how you can engage an audience. I just think it's a good moment for the craft. It's a good moment for the biz. And hopefully we're creating so much, um, so many stories that need to be told. I think podcasting in color, podcast in color is a great example of this industry has been dominated by very pale and male people like so many industries, that things like the Work It Festival that bring women creators together, things like podcasts in color, which shine a spotlight on those stories that aren't being told by the mainstream media, um, not to evoke our president or anything, but the damn mainstream media, right? Like, we are now creating this small de democratic environment of storytelling that is so, can be so powerful and so um, revolutionary in a lot of ways. What was I talking about? My other, my least favorite thing about podcasting is the lack of IRL, like in real life, real intimacy. That perceived sense of intimacy makes people feel entitled to be mean to you on the internet, but they don't see your eyes when you read their mean tweet. You know what I mean? That lack of empathy that I think our like middle schoolers are really struggling with right now, um, with online bullying, et cetera. I want to hang out with all of my podcast listeners. Like I genuinely love in-person events, which is why my business was started with a, a boot camp program we host that's a weekend-long training program for women navigating career transition that a few of you just joined me in DC at. Uh, and the reason that's so important and powerful is because being in real time, in real life with people is the, the way that things really change in our lives. So if I could just have a virtual, like room where we all could hang out as we're listening to podcasts together that would be my ideal but here we are like this is that convergence of my two favorite mediums so it's a really exciting <laughs> night for me 
which is a great segue into our last question, and then we're going to open it up to the audience. Um, so there's a part of me that thinks I know the answer to this, uh, and it's, you know, how do you know that you've made it? And based on what I'm hearing tonight, it's an in-person dating app for podcast hosts where people fall around and take pictures of you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, I'd love to know like what what does more than success like when you're when you feel in that moment you're like this is it. And Emily, it can't be right now. You have to you have to come up with another. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and, I'll calm down. Okay. <laughs> Although I I'm with you. I I think we've made it. So. Um, I would say that um, at this point, I feel like our audience knows us very well, um, and they take care of us, and they know that we, and so they trust us, and we trust them, and that to me is success. Um, that any anything that we put out, we know that we're putting it out for an audience that really loves us, and we love them, so we we know them so well. Um, when we go to the CrossFit Games once a year, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, it's like a bunch of crazy people doing fitness. Um, and we go every year, it's kind of like our Disneyland because everyone knows us there. <laughs> and so when we're walking around, they're like, join Claire, and they're giving us hugs. And um, they try to explain to us who they are. And like, you know, oh, I feel like I know you, I've known you. And I, I say back to them, I know you, and I know who you are now. Um, and that felt really, really good over the years of just developing that relationship with our audience. It sounds a little cheesy, but by now, when people come and say, I just feel like I know you, I'm like, you don't have to say any of that. I know you now. We're all good. We're BFFs. Um, and that, that is priceless. Um, I think we'll see. I feel like I've made it when I can pay for any podcast conference I want to go to. So I'll be like, <laughs> I'll hear about it and I'll be like, oh, done. You know, it's nothing. So <laughs> that'll be my made it. I feel like for most things, like um, I've used social media to meet a lot of people that it there probably should have been more of a barrier, but because like I've done different things and not work with one person, then they'd be like, oh no, she's cool. You know, she's not just a stranger on the internet. And a lot of people, it's so funny that I got my job and um, the person that hired me, that was one of the first things like we kind of talked about. He was like, you know, you're kind of real, like not just some weirdo on the internet. Like I don't know what's on the other <laughs> half of the account or like what's there. And I was like, yeah. So like meeting to me, meeting more, I try to, um, I've been to a few podcast conferences more to put a face to what I do because it really helped people to say, oh, okay, there's a person like behind there. Oh, it's a woman. There's, okay, this is what you do. And so I can say that like me making it, it's just being able to meet more people and being able to afford it. Not to get too deep on y'all, but... <laughs> I mean, the making it part is funny you say that because the minute you actually make your first podcast feels like a huge achievement. I'm not even there yet, really. If you think about it, I've been co-creating with my current work wife, who's amazing, Bridget, um, and I'm on the precipice of making my first episode all by myself um, with my tribe of amazing uh, bosses who are behind the podcast. But when you make something, I don't care if nobody listens to it, the minute you ship that thing, you publish that article, you get whatever's in your brain onto the page or onto the audio file, you have made it. Like it feels to me like such an achievement to create something original that we all should do that. 
um, more often. But my real answer is uh, not to get like too interesting here, but I kind of snuck into Denver. I kind of moved to Denver on the down low because Bossed Up was getting really big in DC and DC was such a great city for me. I love DC. Unbridled ambition is the name of the game there. And a lot of people hate that about DC, but I quite frankly embraced it. And I would walk my dog you know, in my like usual outfit, which is yoga pants, maybe sometimes split yoga pants with a hoodie. And then I'd run into someone who had just come to my training. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. So let's sneak off to Denver, go skiing all the time, live in one of the coolest states ever. And we were in, what was it? Um, Globe Hall, New Year's Eve, barely even like told anybody that I lived here. And I just dyed my hair from platinum blonde to this sort of fading teal situation. It was bright blue. It was pitch black. We were listening to a concert. And somebody came up to me and was like, Emily, I'm a huge fan of Stuff Mom Never Told You. And I was like, what is happening? And I immediately texted Bridget. And she's like, girl, I was just recognized on the street by the sound of my voice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, we made it, babe. You know, like that was a moment. I think I was like half drunk, like hugging this podcast fan, like, this is weirder for me than it is for you. I guarantee it. So... I think the privilege and opportunity it has been to have a microphone that, with that kind of impact has been a dream come true. And whatever happens next, I'm sure it'll be another kind of dream too. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so before we give the panel a quick round of applause and open it up for Q&A, I just wanna plug again that however you all got here tonight, you'll be able to find more information about uh, these amazing, amazing people, follow them on Instagram, I guess, is a thing. Um, so you know, social media. Go to their sites and Just subscribe. Pictures of me holding cups. <laughs> Claire holds cups. So yeah, don't miss that. Um, and now, yeah. So now that I've plugged those things, I also should say, if you were inspired by any of these amazing stories here, and you think I could start a podcast, or my voice is not being heard, or the voice of the community that I am part of, we have a story. Uh, please come check out House of Pod. It's a community podcasting space. I hope that means something a little bit more now than maybe in the beginning. <laughs> right, exactly. So now let's direct the applause to this incredible, incredible crew of people. Awesome. And I think... <clears throat> Ooh. Right? I just... 7.30, I am so, so we have 15 minutes for questions. Um, let's see, if you could raise your hand and yell, that would be great. Wait, before anybody answers, I do want to repeat the question just for um, the, the record. And then do you mind saying your name? Yes, Camila. So Camila asked um, how we deal with vulnerability, um, especially when, let's say, you haven't told your mom something, and then all of a sudden it comes out publicly. How do you do that, and how do you walk that line? 
So one time I had, we did an episode about how I was really struggling with my sex drive and that, talk about being vulnerable. And then I get a text message from my mom with a link to a vibrator that I should buy. With her own review? Or she was like, this is the best one. <laughs> to this day, that was maybe the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my entire life. Not my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it happens a lot. Um, I don't know. The best way that I deal with it is just by pretending that pe other people aren't listening. Like that I'm just talking to Joy. Because if I thought about all the people that were going to hear it, I would never say half the stuff that I say. <laughs> Joy, you said something earlier about a vulnerability hangover, which I think is such an apt metaphor because when something does go down, when you are feeling vulnerable, I gave a really intense interview recently on a podcast called That's What She Said, which is all about relationships. And I left feeling like I regret everything I just said on the record. <laughs> Uh, and then it came out later and I was able to hear it before it went out, which is a right you should always demand. Um, and it wasn't nearly as, as painful as I had remembered it. And it served a greater purpose of helping, I think, a lot of other people feel seen and heard. Anyway, I digress. You can't process that shit in isolation. You need people to talk it out with. Otherwise, you're just churning on it and it's poisoning you. You know what I mean? Like that feeling of anxiety and self-doubt and... Um, you know, did I say the wrong thing, can torture you until you get it out. So that's why we have a courage community at Bossed Up where women can come and share their achievements but also talk frankly about their anxieties and their, you know, stumbling blocks on the road to success. Um, because when you start talking it out with someone else, especially someone who loves you but is also going to be real with you, um, can help you process, right? Therapy also helps. Uh, I would say, but that act of talking it out gets it out of your chest, um, which is so important because talking it out on the pod doesn't, quite frankly. It's so different to me. Like, you have to have those in real life conversations. I think, too, if you're, if you're talking about it in the context of podcasting, if you're not comfortable talking about it, your audience will feel that. And so <clears throat> get to a point where you're comfortable, either the issue has passed and you have some good clarity on it, um, that's a better time to share. There's always gonna be things where you're kinda like, oh, did I say too much? But honestly, that's all in your head. So the audience can't hear what's in your head, they just hear what you say, <laughs> thank God. And so there's a lot of times when I'm talking and I'm saying something and it, you know, I'm thinking in my head, is this gonna come across the right way on the show? It always does, because what's in our head is just those doubts kind of feeding us. So, and then as far as, um, you know, if what other people think or coworkers, I'm kind of the same way. I just kind of ignore it. And I'm sure people at my work listen, or some of them do, and I just choose to ignore the fact that they know that side of my life. There's also nothing wrong with saving it and not putting it on the pod. Like, we put so much of ourselves out there. I, I pour so much of myself into my work, but I have boundaries. You know, you are a human being, not just there for other people's entertainment and information. Um, there's plenty of shit that's too sacred for podcasting, and there's nothing wrong with that. Any other questions? Right here in the middle.
tips you can offer to having an open dialogue kind of in a vacuum? Because mm -hmm. um, I, you know, aside from not reading the entire thing, yeah, I'm about to do it by myself. Woo! Woo! Okay, um, so Maria wanted to know if you all had any tips of how to get started, especially when you are starting solo and um, take it all of it. Well, how do you like converse with someone? How do you converse with someone? Yeah, without someone. Oh gosh, I feel like <laughs> I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm alone a lot. So like I'm on social media a lot. So to me, it's kind of the conversation I have like on social media, like if I was saying something out loud and I was actually like going more into something instead of one tweet. And so it's more like the conversation that I kind of keep going. So that's how I kind of think about it, that I'm kind of answering a few questions like, okay, during the time somebody asked me about something and then more than a few people asked me about this. So I should make sure to mention that because that means other people asked about it. and like, like it's more just the ongoing conversation. Like it almost feels like I'm answering things that people would want to know. Like, hey, just so you know who I am. This is what the podcast is going to be about. These are the you know podcasts you can listen to or different things. And so it's just an, I don't stop. It's almost like I was at home talking to myself in a kind of crazy way, but I'm used to doing that. So it's just like okay, I'm letting you all in on you know and trying not to make it seem weird that I'd be having a conversation like this about podcasts to myself. So. <laughs> to me, and I only do it, I do a preview and then, I mean, a pre and then, a, a, you know, at the end, there you go, post. And um, <laughs> they're only like maybe five to seven minutes, um, in total maybe 10 minutes. So it's nothing too deep. I try to keep it short and to the point. Like if I thought I was going to start getting bored, I'll be like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to include that. Or maybe I'll say it next week or something like that. So. I've been um, preparing to figure this very thing out. So one, I would say giving yourself freedom for experimentation is really important. Just starting and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. Asking your audience can sometimes be really helpful. What's working for you, what's not? Do you like this, do you not like that? Um, but there's definitely something to be said about audi audible texture, right? Having multiple voices, having soundscaping, you can get very fancy with it. Um, I have the privilege to be mentored right now by Greta Cohn of Transmitter Media, who's a producer, who she was the first, she's awesome. She's the first um, hire at Midroll, one of the largest networks, and she's a total podcasting boss. And um, I've been basically asking her for help, and I just sent her flowers for Valentine's Day to thank her for her help and her generous advice. And she told me, you gotta think about it in terms of segments. Because that can help you create some audible texture. Is there a sound effect that you can use to differentiate between one segment and the other? Is there voicemail potential for how you can incorporate literally other people's voices, even when you're doing it solo, which is a huge part of what I'm doing, is incorporating our community's voices through voicemail. Google Voice is magic. It's amazing. You all should check it out. It's free. And um, you can download the voicemails that people leave you and use them for audio, for audio content. Um, make sure you're using things with the proper rights and all that. Listen to the Work It Festival podcast for tons of great information on that in terms of making sure you don't get sued. Um, but I think there's definitely an another component. The last thing I'll say is listen to other solo podcasters. I'm a big fan of Mylete Teal, of My Taught You. 
She has this really intimate style of podcasting that's basically like she is right there with you. And she's like giving you some straight knowledge and you need to listen to her. And she, she preaches almost, very sermon-like. Um, so listen to stand-up comics, listen to preachers, listen to solo podcasters for inspiration, but listen in a technical way, not in a passive consumer kind of way, which is how a lot of us consume podcasts. Listen to say, what did you do there and why? And then play with it yourself and see what your audience digs. Yeah. I'm going to add uh, just a few more things, Maria. The first being that I know some really established, amazing women podcasters who do walk down the street and talk to themselves because practice makes perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's thing one. Thing two, one of the things we'll be featuring at House of Pod are some pretty basic but preliminary workshops on how to get started and they'll be free and open to the, the community. So that's another thing that is on the horizon. You get a car and you get a car. Um, <laughs> and uh, the third thing I'll say, one, one thing we did help Emily um, do today was help find an editor. So plug into House of Pod. We are trying to connect podcasters in this area um, to find each other. And it could be you know, your work partner, it could be an editor, it could be um, even a mentor or a friend. So uh, definitely check us out, but you do not have to. You can also walk down the street and I will applaud you. Yeah. So. You can also have someone in the room listening while you're recording, just nodding, very helpful. Um, or saying, no, don't say that, undo that, yeah. So good. Okay, hold on, I think we have time for one more question. I'm going to pause because I want your name and I want to make sure the panel has enough time to get back to you. Okay. That's okay. Uh, my name's Angela. Angela. Any and, more final and, thoughts? And you should wish, you should listen uh, Monday nights, 6.30 to 7.00. Okay, there we go. All right, Angela, for our last question. And then, oh, we have five minutes and then we've got something else coming in and I have a request, so please stay tight because I want to take a picture of all of you if you're okay with it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so Angela has a show on KGNU, she's had it for many years, and wants to know, how do I get involved with podcasting, expand and broaden my horizon, do I pitch to CPR? And we've gotta limit this so everybody can say rapid two fire. sentences, rapid fire. Um, I would say you can just, to look up and maybe even go on their website, TPR's website, to see if they accept submissions. I know Gimlet does. So just looking at different podcast companies and seeing if they do um, submissions or Googling things like that. And as far as ads, I would say you can always look at places that are local to you or restaurants you go to or bars or liquor stores and see if that's maybe something they want to see if you have a local presence and see if you can do it a type of exchange there. Awesome. I would say it's First of all, it's really hard to make a living podcasting, just a level set on that. Um, but if there's anybody that knows how to do it, it's the women behind Work It, the WNYC podcasting festival, that if you couldn't make it, it was recorded in its entirety. And I was just listening to an episode of it with Kat Jaffe in the audience asking a question of the panel. So if you really want to hear like practical, tactical workshopping advice for how to get into podcasting, look up Work It, W-E-R-K-I-T, in your podcasting app and start listening to all of those. Um, and pit, you might hear something about pitching your podcast in there 
by yours truly. So there's lots of great advice out there, and you're in good company. So keep this kind of company. And I think in terms of, you know, you said you want to broaden your horizons a little bit. The advice that I would give is if it's interesting to you, then that passion will come through when you talk about it. And so don't overthink what you want to talk about. Don't think, you know, is there, is there a huge audience for this? Like if you really want to talk about it, there are people out there who want to hear it. And I think you can just get stuck in that analysis paralysis forever of like, what's my topic going to be? What's my theme going to be? I want to talk about this, but this one feels more marketable. Go with the one that feels the most real and passionate to you because that's the one you're going to stick with. And that's the one that people are going to be able to resonate with the most. Awesome. Are you good? Okay. Great work, everybody. Don't go anywhere unless you really don't want to have your photo taken, in which case you are absolutely free to go somewhere. But this is, honestly, this is our first time ever having an event like this. And the turnout is really amazing. And so, we, one more applause back for everybody. And we'll be in your inboxes tomorrow with follow-ups. Yeah. So there will be follow-up coming so, your way. Um, I, I have one picture that I want to take, and then you Instagram geniuses. We're going to boomerang the hell out of this room. Okay, there we go. How about that? Do you, you know what, I, I get the sense that Emily, you're really skilled at this. I got some I'm centralized selfie arm happening here. here we go. Okay, are you ready for a boomerang? Do we all know what to do? Right, like a little wiggle, a little shimmy. Paul, you do. Like something. Um, I'm gonna get you all. Okay, are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Nailed it, didn't get all the way over here. So. So then the, the, one, uh, the, one, the one photo thing I would love for you all to do is just express yourself. So it could be hands in the air, hands covering your eyes, hands covering your ears, whatever you want to do. Um, and I'm just going to take a picture of that happening. So express yourself. Yeah. One, two, three. Love it. So expressive. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Um, we're all going to go downstairs now, so join us for drinks and hang out, and you can meet everyone, and thanks so much for coming.